Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Florida, and brought to you by Tico People's Gas, at the heart of Florida's energy. Orlando-based nonprofit Prospera and the U.S. Small Business Administration are teaming up to improve access to resources for Hispanic small business owners across Florida, Georgia, and North Carolina. In this download, Orlando Business Journal Editor-in-Chief Sean McGrory profiles Prospera President and CEO Augusto Sanabria. You have built a pretty impressive resume in over 15 years spent at Prospera. You started as an intern after graduating with a bachelor's from UCF, rising through the ranks while also earning an MBA from UCF, and recognition from the Orlando Business Journal in 2015 as one of its 40 under 40 class and in 2016 as one of its CEOs of the year. Along the way, what have been your guiding business principles and what have been some of your career highlights? Wow, yeah, it seems like a like a long time, right? I mean, I have uh, definitely been blessed to finding my dream job out of college, helping small businesses. So I've been, uh, I guess, blessed to be here for, for so many years. I believe that in terms of business principles, I've always tried to surround myself with individuals First and foremost, that I trust, that are passionate about the mission and about the work that we do every day, and that are smarter than I am. That way I can look good and hopefully take credit for all of their success. But always being very accessible, very transparent. I like to be, you know, always remember the folks that came before me, who founded the organization, who expanded it, who kind of put it in the map so that I can have the opportunity as CEO to be successful. And in terms of highlights, you know, I, again, I'm the CEO, so I tend to either be blamed for the things that don't go well and be celebrated for the successes. But I do think this is a team effort. And and the fact that we have uh, expanded to so many regions, not only outside of the state of Florida, but also within the state. I mean, you know, we are headquartered here in Orlando, started in Tampa. But, you know, it wasn't that many years ago that we didn't have a presence in Miami. And now... Our South Florida presence is extremely successful and very large and generating a lot of impact. But also seeing the diversifying the revenue streams, ensuring that the organization is more sustainable now than it was 12 years ago when I became CEO, seeing how we've expanded the reach. We're now assisting close to 5,000 businesses every year. So expanding our mission, expanding our reach and ensuring that Prospera can be here not only for now, but also into the future are some definitely some of my career highlights. The mission of Prospera is to help start, sustain, and grow Hispanic-owned businesses to achieve community prosperity. And that's taking it from your uh, mission statement. What are the biggest challenges and assets within the Florida and Orlando community for realizing this continuing goal? Well, I think that uh, starting on the positive side, so on the assets, I believe that the Hispanic community in Florida has grown so much and has been so prominent in terms of contributions and expansion in the major metro areas throughout the state, but majority in the main metro areas of the state, calling it, you know, Miami, Tampa, Orlando, and Jacksonville. We see that the resources available to them and the ability for them to flourish and start businesses and be successful has been exponentially increased in the last, let's say, 20, 30 years. Whereas you see in other communities, 
that we also cover, say, rural North Carolina or even other parts of the state where the Hispanic community is not as prominent, those individuals tend to struggle a little bit more in terms of understanding how to navigate the system, how to start their business, how to grow it, how to find resources, build networks, et cetera. So we are fortunate in Central Florida with having such a prominent Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, for example, led by my friend Gabi Ortigoni, having the National Entrepreneur Center, having Prospera, obviously, uh, headquartered here, but also throughout the state. I mean, the, the, the reach not only of Prospera, but other organizations that have catered to the Hispanic market and ensure that small businesses have the resources that they need, have positioned the state very well if you compare it to the nation. And that's why so many Hispanics are not only coming to Florida, but also starting businesses at the same time. So I think that's on the challenges that you mentioned before. I do feel that that growth has uh, been so exponential that a lot of us are still trying to catch up and meet the demand, right? So my hope and for one day is that uh, Prospera could reach all Hispanic entrepreneurs that, that have that ambition to start the business or that own a small business. But right now, is obviously, it's unattainable. We have over 5 million Hispanics living in Florida, over a million plus Hispanic small businesses. We're barely scratching the surface. So kind of continue to grow to meet the demand is one of our challenges. What would you say have been the biggest needs identified by the local Hispanic business community? Well, I think that the needs in terms of the Hispanic community is twofold. So for the startup business is the same, right? I mean, so trying to figure out how the legal structure or the legal climate works here in this country, taxes, tax implication, licenses, permits, building credit, understanding credit, how do you get a loan? How do you access capital? How do you grow and scale your company? You've heard a lot, uh, probably Sean, now that Access to government contracts and procurement has been one of those trends that we've seen in the U.S. because of the massive influx of federal funds into local government and projects. So having the access to those those opportunities and being able to scale and grow, yeah, level the playing field and give those minority entrepreneurs more access to those things, you know, capital contracts, talent, et cetera, are some of the challenges that we've seen with our Latino entrepreneurs. Typically, it's national, not only in Florida. I feel that it kind of transcends the geographic barriers, not only here in Florida, but everywhere else. Well, speaking of just Florida, then how would you say the needs are more pronounced in Florida than nationally then? Well, I think that uh, as a state, is incumbent upon us to be able to harness the power that we have in Hispanic businesses throughout our state. And so if we want to have good infrastructure, if we want to make sure that that big contracts with some of our agencies stay local and help local businesses, then it's up to us to continue to reach out, help an individual, help a small business kind of rise, continue to grow and expand so that they can have access to those opportunities. I think because the Hispanic community is so big in Florida, it's obviously a little bit more of an urgent matter than, say, other uh, states where the community may be 5%, 3%, definitely under 10%. Here in Florida, it's you know north of 20 25% of the population. So I do think that it's more of an imperative and something that we do more purposely to increase and include 
Hispanic businesses in those opportunities. And dialing down even further, how would you say the needs of the Orlando area businesses compare with some of the other regions you serve? No, I think that they don't vary that much. We're blessed to have a such a great Hispanic Chamber of Commerce here in Orlando. Uh, we're co-located with them. And as I mentioned, Gabby is a good friend of mine. And they are doing a lot of work, for example, a lot of efforts in increasing procurement opportunities for our Latino-owned businesses. So the fact that Prospera and the Chamber can work so close together to offer a continuum of services to our clients from startup and idea stage to sustainability, to growth and scale, so that the Chamber can help them connect with those contract and procurement opportunities, I think positions us very well. Now, again, the challenges continue to be access to capital. 60% of our nationally, 60% of our Latino businesses do not even go to the bank for capital. They don't think that they're gonna be approved. The Hispanic market continues to be the number one user of predatory lending, the maximizing of credit cards to launch and sustain their businesses. So those are all things that we're trying to navigate and educate and help our clients be more ready. But again, in Central Florida, we're blessed to have such a great ecosystem of community uh, stakeholders that care about the community and are willing to put in their dollars and their uh, resources to help Hispanic-owned businesses. People's Gas, at the heart of Florida's energy. Committed to being a leader in Florida's economic growth and to delivering clean and efficient natural gas solutions in a responsible way. More at floridasenergy.com. How have the pandemic and other factors impacted new small businesses, including from Hispanic residents? Well, you know, I think that the pandemic kind of gave us a mixed bag, right? And I, and again, I don't think that this is unique to the Hispanic market. I think it's to all of us, right? We all went through this together. And so the mixed bag is that on the negative side, we saw how even relief, it was so difficult to get relief in the hands of minority-owned businesses for a myriad of reasons, for the lack of access to networks, to the fact that many of our smaller companies weren't ready, didn't have the paperwork, didn't have the CPAs, the attorneys to help them navigate the whole process with PPP loans or EIDL, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, or even the Florida Bridge Loan, which was the first one to come out, we saw that there's a lot of work to do in our state in order to reach more our minority communities and our very small of the small businesses. Remember, 98% of businesses in Florida have less than 10 employees, right? And a lot of those were the ones that were the last to get relief from the federal government. So that was on the negative side and obviously all the businesses that didn't survive. On the positive side, we did see a resilient group of business leaders who essentially figure out a way to adapt their business model, maybe shift a little bit uh, priorities, cut costs and do other things that they weren't able to do before and utilize the pandemic to shift their business model and actually turned out very well. I mean, and there are many of our clients who are much better positioned in creating a lot more jobs now because they were able to pivot during the pandemic and actually made them uh, better entrepreneurs and better owners. So again, that's why I want to say, you know, even though a lot of bad has come out of the pandemic, we have to also see the shining light of the resiliency of a lot of our small business owners. 
And what do you expect to be the biggest challenges for the businesses you serve this year? I think that for startups, our Latino community is very entrepreneurial. So we start businesses on a much higher ratio, and that's going to continue. Uh, it's an economic issue, Sean. I mean, economic opportunity in our Latino community comes through entrepreneurship many times for many reasons. A lot of it has to do with either cultural barriers, not dominating the English language, which prevents us from scaling and getting into high paying jobs in corporate America. So a lot of our economic opportunities come through business ownership. And so we're going to continue to see that trend. And so for those individuals that are just starting, navigating the system, avoiding mistakes, costly mistakes, and ensuring that they get the resources that they need early are going to be key this year to ensure that they start and have a higher likelihood of success. And then for those, for the million plus Hispanic owned businesses that are already established in Florida, getting them past that million dollars in revenue is going to be key. Aspen Institute says that in our Latino community, less than 3% of our Latino businesses have revenues of over a million dollars. That's an issue. That's a billion dollar issue for the United States economy. And so ensuring that they get those resources and access that they need in order to grow and scale their companies is going to be instrumental for us to be able to harness that impact and be able to generate opportunities for the entire community. Those are some of the things that we're going to be looking at and and hopefully helping our businesses navigate. What assistance, be it from government or others in the local business community, could best complement the support already being provided to the Hispanic business community by Prospera? Well, you know, there's a lot going on right now at the national level about ecosystem building. And at Prospera, we've been talking about this for many years, for decades, where helping small businesses is not an individual sport, it's a team effort. And so there is no one organization or one entity that can single-handedly support Latino small businesses from in, throughout their life cycle. And so Prospera is, is a piece of that puzzle and we want to play our part and our role. But then obviously there are other organizations that need to step up and have stepped up to help our Latino businesses community. I mentioned the chambers, obviously, the National Entrepreneur Center where we're located here in Central Florida, which we are super grateful of having in Orlando. It has been, uh, I think it's one of the unique centers that we have in the country. And then also, uh, you know, other chambers of commerce, the Orlando Economic Partnership, which helps our clients as they continue to grow and look for, look for bigger facilities, incentives, and other things, work for career source, the banking, the banks. I mean, banks are super important in order for our clients to get the capital that they need to support in their growth. And also government. I mean, we not only always have to blame government, right? I mean, they have a role to play here as well. So from city and municipal government to county and state government, they play a big role in ensuring that a, the resources are going to our small businesses, but also those access to contracts and government procurement is also there to put an emphasis on minority businesses and getting those contracts in the hands of those local vendors. And what would you say are some of the new programs or expanded programs you expect to offer this year through Prospera? Look, I think we're going to continue to be true to our mission. So our core services are going to remain the same because those are still needed, right? So the fact that uh, individuals immigrating into the U.S. don't understand the capital market, you know, the banking system, 
how to access credit, what licenses and permits uh, they may need to launch their business is, is still the same. I mean, it hasn't changed in 30 years. So we're going to continue to do better and reach more individuals on that segment. And then going back to our established clients or clients who may have received assistance for, from Prospera for years, uh, we may need to uh, up our game in terms of our procurement readiness, ensuring that they're ready, that they have a solid foundation to qualify for the, some of these government contracts and the, and the access to capital conundrum. I mean, we're going to continue to work with our CDFIs, with our micro lenders, with our banking partners to help ensure that our uh, Latino businesses have access to the capital that they need in order to continue to grow and create more opportunities for all. Well, Augusto, I really appreciate you uh, taking the time to speak with us today and joining us for this podcast. Thank you. Augusto Sanabria joining us. Thank you for downloading Florida Business Minds, presented by the Business Journals of Florida and brought to you by Tico People's Gas at the heart of Florida's energy.